Is Mike Golick there? How are you, pal? Hey, there I am. Good, man. How you doing? Congratulations. You are the very first guest on the new Tony Bruno. This is my last, uh, by the way, this will be my last ever job. This is your last contract. This is my, la- <laughs> my last job. I wasn't really saying I wanted Seriously? to go back. Yes. Seriously? So, so you've gone all the way back to the beginning of us way, 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 way back in the late 90s, huh? Yeah, that was that, but that was you know that was one of my re- reboots as we call. What year was that? Do that you was nineteen ninety nine. That was ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yes, I, I mean you were obviously in Philly when I was in Philly. You were doing Philly. That's where I got to know you when I was playing for the Eagles. But yeah, that's when that's when we hooked up for our for our year, and then so really seriously, am I supposed to believe this is your last year? Yeah. What am I going to do? I'm I'm going to be sixty eight. I don't want to I don't want to die on the job, but I'm still enjoying this. You know what it is, Mike. You know it, and I. We both have fun doing what we do. You were when you played in the NFL with the Eagles and the Dolphins. People knew you were a fun guy. People knew in the locker room. Mike Golick, he's got it. In fact, he had his own TV show. Remember that Harry Golick's got it, where he would do his own yeah. segments. Is that right? Yeah. I, I never saw that because I was his, living down south. Was that just local? Like in yeah, Philly? he had his own local yeah. thing. Yeah. And you know, okay. in every city in every NFL city, it's like Pat McAfee in Indy. Everybody right. knew he was yeah. a character. He was a great punter. Mike Golick was on a great defensive line with all those guys with Reggie. When you mm-hmm. look at that Eagles defense he played with on that line, and Mike, I don't believe, got the credit that he deserved. I think that you got shortchanged on that line with Clyde Simmons. Listen, and th- nobody, nobody can help up one of my teammates uh, after a sack like I could. I was <laughs> phenomenal at it. <laughs> Let's see, Reggie, Reggie White, the, to me, the greatest defensive lineman I ever saw play. And then you had Jerome Brown, the late, great Jerome Brown, Clyde Simmons, and Mike Golick. That's a pretty damn good line. Clyde Simmons was awesome, yeah, too. Yeah, Mike, don't forget, Mike, Mike Pitts was another first That's round right. that was in there. We had, a, we had a nice rotation on the inside. Let me tell you, it was a ball playing for that team. You know, the behind there, you had Byron Evans and Seth Joyner, Eric yep. Allen, Wes Hopkins, Andre Waters. I mean, the, the shame of it is, I mean, the, the, the sad part for me is, you know, a few of those guys that have, have passed away, and that's, that's been, that's been a bit of a bummer, you know, trying to relive those days and understanding some of those guys have been lost. But, you know, that was before free agency hit in 93, and so we were all together for more than a few years. And uh, that was back when I, I think you really had a lot of friends, not just teammates, but a lot of friends as well. Exactly. And your kids, you know, I remember when and then I moved to Connecticut. I didn't move to Connecticut. I was still working here in Philly. And then you and I got together. I, you were still in Arizona, and I remember we were talking about, Mike was asking, should I move to Bristol? You know, I'm here in Scottsdale. You know, I, I want this to work. And I said, yeah, Mike, this is going to be a great opportunity. And then we launched the Bruno and Golick morning show at ESPN Radio, the yeah. very first morning show at ESPN. And I was there for a year with Mike, and then I, I left and went, moved to L.A. for 11 years. But Mike and, you know, Mike and them, Greeny and Golick were there. How many years? 20 years with you and Greeny? Uh, it was 18 years. It was the one with you, 18 with Greeny, and now I'm on my third with Window and my son, Mike. So, yeah, I've been getting up early for uh, for a long I loved our year together, though, man. Remember, we started out, we were only in Chicago. We had to make sure we had put Chicago banners up all over our studio because we only talked Chicago sports. We, we literally started with one, one affiliate. That was it. No, don't forget Binghamton. Out. We added Binghamton, New York, as our second affiliate. <laughs> yeah. And then we had to go to Binghamton and do live shows there and talk about the broom dusters. No, no, we didn't. We just, but we did. We had fun with the people in Binghamton. Oh, we had a ball. It was, isn't that the Rumble Ponies? Their their uh, their uh, minor league baseball team. You know, the, like, you know, the, the right all team? these teams change their names, Mike, because you know that's the the minor league baseball names of franchises are the greatest on the planet. They are. So are their promotions at the ball. Oh yeah, they're too. the best. Yeah. yeah. 
And it's yeah. a shame there's no baseball of any kind right now. But, Mike, let's get to some football now. Mike's still gone, so you can hear him every morning. Wingo and Golick. Golick and Wingo. Is, it should be Golick and Wingo. Yeah, it sounds better. It is Golick yeah, and Wingo. Yeah, it's Golick yeah. and Wingo. And you tell Trey, I know he's a Cowboy fan, you tell him it should never be Wingo and Golick. <laughs> never, well, ever. We're thinking of taking his name out of the title altogether, quite honestly, because he's <laughs> a Cowboy fan. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think he, no, no, he's great. He's really, really solid. <laughs> and he let his hair go gray, too, which is what I did. A lot of these guys are just never want to let it go. At least Trey let the hair go natural, man. Mine went, well, period. It didn't go naturally. It just died on its own. Mine has gray in it, and I will always leave the gray in it. And now for the first time, because we're all quarantined, and I never gave a damn what I look like anyway, for the first time in my life, I'm growing a beard, and I'm finding out my beard has a lot of white in it. So I'm either going to look like the Dos Equis man or Moses, and I am psyched for either one of them. See, I did it. When I was doing TV with Keith Olbermann and I was doing a lot of stuff, I was about, you know, because I had that mixed thing. When you get a beard that's salt and pepper, but yeah. it doesn't look good, yeah. it looks like it's yeah. dirty. It starts looking dirty because you still have some black in it, and then you have to dye it, but you don't let it go super dark because then you look, then people say, oh, look at that creep. Look how dark yeah, he let his beard get. <laughs> exactly. Everybody knows it's like wearing a bad rug. That's you why wear I a cut bad it rug. Tight. Yeah, you got to cut it tight. Yeah. So I just let it go. It's, it's gray now. Chicks dig the gray beard, right, Robin? Oh, God. Yes, I do. my wife always said, said, guys have it so easy because guys just let themselves go gray and they look distinguished. And my wife says, I'm not letting myself go gray. She said, I, I, would, look, I would look horribly old because she's not doing it. No, she still looks great, man. I, we, every time I see her at the Super Bowl, we get together every year. You're looking good. You're keeping the weight off. It's the one thing that I've always been fascinated with watching football. Offensive linemen have to be 300-plus when they're playing, so they have to eat like crazy. Then when they retire, they lose all that weight. And running backs who are small become monstrous after they retire. Not all of them, but Man, a lot of them. A lot of them are, You are so great. You see a running back and they look, they look like bloated ticks. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but I'm one, of the, I'm one of the D linemen that was able to, to go down as well. But you're right. Offensive linemen really struggle to keep weight on. So when they retire, I mean, they drop like 40, 50, like nothing. And then cut down even more and they look really good. But you're right, man. Those, those running backs, they, they – they look like a football after a while. Yeah, you look at Brian Baldinger, our good friend. He's always in great shape. Oh, he's ripped. He's, you know, he's climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean, he does all kinds. He's swimming about with it. sharks. Swimming. He does yeah. everything great. And then you look at Stink. We just saw Mark Slareth at the Super Bowl. He looks great. All these guys lose all that weight, and they look really good as they get older. You know, the amazing thing is, though, every time I walk by and say hi and give these guys a hug or something, they still hold me. They, they still hold. It's just ingrained it's, 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 it's for them to get a flag from that. All right, Mike, i got to tell you about the, uh, talk to you about the draft because we know they're going to do it two weeks from the Thursday, so the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and they announced this morning, not that long ago before we came on, that they will conduct it and it will be done. Everybody will be home. So do guys have to still wear, like, crazy suits when they're sitting at home getting drafted? There won't be any more bro hugs. No more bro hugs with the I think that may be the best thing about the draft not happening is Roger Goodell bro-hugging, now completely gone, maybe forever. Will the bro-hug officially be dead, Mike Golick, now that the coronavirus has stopped Goodell from doing it in Las Vegas on the Strip this year? Oh, no. The next time we have, uh, where's the draft next year? I forgot. Is it out in California? I think it's L.A. LA. I think it is L.A. I think it's L.A. Oh, no, the the hugs will be back. But here's here's what I would do if I was one of the draftees, you know, because they always get decked out in that, that incredible suit. Now... Now get somebody to deck you out in a great, like, leisurely outfit. You know, a really cool, like, hanging out on the couch outfit. 
that's what they need to do now because that's all that's where they're going to be. Or a hazmat suit. Yeah, or a hazmat yeah. suit with a mask. Oh, yeah, right. that too. Exactly. <laughs> so do you like, I mean, what are we going to do? At least they're not delayed because everything's being canceled. Like, for example, we were talking about tonight would have been the NCAA College Basketball Championship. Yeah. So this is actually right. the first event that we knew was going to happen that is officially not going to be played at all. We're seeing a lot of golf tournaments, the Open, the British Open, or the Open, as they call it, has officially been canceled. They're not going to play until next year, and they're going to go. The 149th will be at Royal St. George's in 2021. Which is where it was going to be this year. Right. And then they want to keep the 150th to St. Andrews. Exactly, in 2022. So they're just, there will be no champion of the British Open. The U.S. Open and the American golf things, they're still moving them later in the season, and they're hoping to get those in. But the interesting thing, Mike, is with the NFL, even though they've been affected, they're continuing their business. The free agent stuff went on, so they haven't really been shut down. They've been obviously inconvenienced where they can't do the big glitz and stuff of the draft on, on the Vegas Strip. Right. But business as usual is going on. And, and I have no problem with it. You know, listen, you, you guys know, whenever the NFL does something, especially Roger Goodell, everybody throws darts right away. The NFL always gets ripped for what they do because, listen, but honestly, they've made some mistakes in the past, so they rarely get the benefit of the doubt. And a lot of people, when they were going to actually start the new year on time in March and have free agency, there were some were going, uh-oh, should they be doing this? Man, I'm not – maybe you did, but in my circle of, of sports people in our audience, we didn't hear anybody complain. We thought, man, when somebody signs that $60 million deal, people are going to say, oh, they're, they're signing these deals and the coronavirus is going on. I think people were so starved for something, and the only ones complaining about this draft are the GMs and the coaches who have to do it old school for once in their life now and actually study film and, and maybe not obviously not be together, so they're inconvenienced a little bit. People are going to eat the draft up. I, I can't wait for it, and I'm, I'm happy they're doing it. They're being socially responsible. They're doing the social distancing. They have tape, which should be the number one evaluator anyway, all the tape you have. You certainly have your exceptions like Tua, you know, wanting to make sure he's healthy and not able to get your hands on him. But I have no problem with them doing the draft now. Talking with the great Mike Golick from ESPN. And now the other thing that Woj revealed uh, over the weekend, high-profile players playing horse in their own home gyms. One guy takes a shot. Another guy goes They go live to his gym, and he takes a shot. You know what? I'd be interested in watching that. that because remember, they did it in the NBA All-Star game for a bunch of years. And I think it's much more competitive than three-point shooting or dunking. What aren't we watching at this point? I mean, you put that together. They're doing the NBA 2K things we're watching. The iRacing has been unbelievable. With the NASCAR guys has been popular. I mean, you do something people are going to watch. I mean, they just had WrestleMania over the weekend. I friggin' bought the pay-per-view both nights. I mean, I just wanted to watch something, so... Uh, yes, I think people are going to watch horse. I think it's a cool thing. Try stuff. I mean, this is this is the time to try something. Get some content out there. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. I, I have no problem. Now, people don't remember this. 1978, the NBA All-Star Game incorporated horse. Yep. And Paul yep. Westfall won it. He beat Pistol Pete Maravich, Kevin, uh, Kevin Kreider, and... Maurice Lucas wow. in horse Wow! during the NBA I, I All-Star game. See, I want to see, and I don't want to see dunks. I want to see some trick shots. I want to see some off-the-wall kind of shots. Exactly. I don't want to just see regular stuff. Take some chances. That's what I want to see out there. I totally agree with you. You know, the other ones, they also did it 
Uh, Kevin Durant won the ones in the 2009 and 2010 All-Star Games. So the 78 one was the first time they tried it. They brought it back in 08 and 09, and Kevin Durant won it both times. So it's something that a lot of, you know, that's what we do in in, in schoolyards now. We We don't say, hey, let's shoot free throws. Let's try to dunk because most people can't dunk. Especially the white dudes here. Plus, they took all the yeah, bas- they yeah. took all the nets off the rims in cities now because they don't want kids getting together and playing basketball, which is an outrage, Mike. Yeah, I, and and you know, so people would go, you know, find a find a, a hoop at the end of somebody's driveway, say, hey, just watch from your house. I'm going to play on your hoop, you know, in this in this horse game. But yeah, we all did it because we could all shoot a basketball. I mean, that's something all of us could do, so everybody can relate to it. I hope Ben Simmons. I hope Ben Simmons ends it in it, Mike, because nobody wants to see him taking three point shots in this thing. I mean, nobody well, wants and, to see. Well, he he would only excel at the mid range, and, and you know they're not going to do a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, five foot and in. I don't think that's in this. Uh, I don't think that's in this competition. No shots in the paint. Exactly. Oh, so that's cold, Mike. See, that's what I always. That's the one thing about Michael. He always had to take that cheap shot, you know. And then, but normally he's a nice guy. Dude, if you're going to tee it up for me, I'm going to swing at it, okay? <laughs> well, Mike, I mean, is it a foregone conclusion? Like, do you, do you just think it's a matter of time before they announce that there aren't going to be any NBA playoff and it's officially scrapped? Because as of now, they're not. Here's what's going to be interesting to me. You know, the owner of the Hawks, and I wonder if it's going to pick up steam, he's wanted to change the year. He's wanted to, to start the NBA season on Christmas. Because right now, Start the NBA season, what, end of October, early November. We're hyped up for the first game, and then nobody cares about it again until Christmas. So his thought was have it at Christmas and start the season then and go on later into the summer and and never never run into football. Where if you start late October and go and start then, you're running into football. So a thought was if they played the playoffs of the NBA season and went late and later into the year, they could actually incorporate – the new league year and start in December. I don't think they're going to do it. But I think at this point, I don't know if you guys agree or not, at some point the base, the, the baseballs, the hockey, the basketball, they're going to have to have kind of, a, kind of a cutoff date that says if we can't do something by X date, we're really probably not going to be able to get anything in the rest mm. of this year. No, I agree with you, Mike, and I think that's uh, – let's be honest. We all joke about this year after year. And the NBA pretty much acknowledges it that the season doesn't start till Christmas Day because those are the games they hype they up. Got they five have games on five that games, day, right? yeah. all great matchups. And I joke every single yep. year, wake me up on Christmas Day when the NBA yep. league starts. <laughs> and I think that they should do that. I totally agree with the owner of the uh, of the Hawks. But I don't know what they're going to do this summer though, because it, now you know the argument will be now that the British Open is canceled in July, people are going to start saying, well, what are we going to do? We're going to play games in empty gyms. To just to get the NBA season finished. Same thing with hockey. The ice is going to get bad when it gets hotter. Yep. Baseball, we don't know what's going to happen there, but they're talking about playing games in Florida and Arizona. Right, at the spring training uh, in locations. In the spring training yeah. locations with no fans. But then they've got to worry about the players, the managers, the trainers, you know, the staff, the TV, radio people who will be working these games. You've got to make sure all those people are tested. Because if that happens and these players go down and play each other, what are you going to do? Have a You can't slide from within six feet of the bag, or else you're going to be out automatically? I mean, what the hell are they going to do? Well, listen, we have to be at a point where groups, at least of that size, can get together, or, or it, it's a not even, we're not even starting the conversation, right? If we're getting to the point where we can have some people together but not crowds, I, I think, and I, I know I am, I would imagine you guys are, and I would imagine sports fans will be so thirsty for something 
that they'll watch it on TV. Whether you can, if you probably won't be able to go to it in the beginning, but you're, you're telling me that in another month at the NBA or two months, the NBA starts to play, we're all not going to be glued to the TV watching it? I mean, we haven't had anything, nothing. So if they start televising something, even if fans can't go to it, you know people are going to watch it. No, I agree with you, Mike. If people are worrying, not worried, they, they want it. They want sports to come back. And we're all willing to sit here and do what we have to do, except the knuckleheads out there throwing gloves. Are there gloves all over the place up there in Connecticut, Mike, where people go to stores and stuff and they wear these rubber gloves, plastic gloves, and then oh, they throw God. them all yeah, over? they're everywhere. It's an outrage, yeah, man. everywhere. Yeah. Absolute it's, uh, outrage. It's, it's been, been pretty interesting, that's for sure. Are all the bars and well, I know the bar, are the liquor stores closed in Connecticut? No, 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 no. They don't close liquor stores in Connecticut. I mean, are you crazy? I mean, you want to talk about essential. I mean, so they, they feel that's essential enough to keep open. Liquor stores are open in Connecticut. Everything else pretty much is closed, obviously, outside. You know, you can do the takeout and all that. Uh, but, yeah, liquor stores are, are open. So you don't even have to go into the New York studios or the Connecticut studios, right? Who's working in those buildings right now? It, it's like a ghost town. Only every now and then the NFL, like I think the, like sports center anchors will go and they sit apart from one another. Uh, NFL Live, I think, goes in there. Uh, and I think that's it. We're doing the show in my basement. We've got a big table. So me, Mike, and Trey are, are, are far enough away from one another. And that's where we've been doing it. All the, basically, the other shows, like debate shows and stuff, they all have TV setups at their house now, hmm. so they all do it from there. So everybody is basically remote. It's like a ghost town at ESPN. You actually have, I believe, have to have like a, a letter that allows you to get back on campus right now. Wow, jeez. But you know, I'm. I've yeah, been doing, I, I, Listen, I, I, I mean, they got, I was you know, way ahead of the curve. Like, people that work there. I know. I was way ahead of the curve. I started doing stuff in my basement, which we converted to a wine cellar two years ago. And so I was ready for this, too. So don't be blaming me for the shortages of this. We don't have wine in the wine cellar. We don't have any masks. We don't have any safety gear. We've been safely down here. Now everybody's stealing our act. You got to come. When you come to Philly, you got to come to the wine cellar, Mike. It's really a nice spot here. It's, it's well-decorated. We, Robin and I built, as you know, I'm, I'm very handy. Robin and I built all the equipment down here, built all the, well, we didn't build the board, but all the, the furniture and all of that other stuff. You remember when I came to Where's your house in wine? Connecticut? And I was putting up lighting for you when you first moved in. Oh yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> where, where's where's all your wine though? Where's the wine's right the wine? here. It's in the racks. We yeah. got racks and racks of wine. wine. Yes, we do. I mean, I'm, I'm doing keto, so I can't drink a lot of red wine. But we, had, Robin and I, had a little uh, earthquake Zinfandel last night. With do the you dinner. do the show like uh, Hoda and Kathy Lee used to do, drinking wine during the show? That's yes. what I want to do. Well, we'll start doing yeah. that. See, we don't have any rules here. Mike, we don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about somebody yelling at me in the background. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, I know when you and I were together, you would have liked it if we had no rules. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, before we let him go, i got to yes. ask him. You, know, you were the inventor of the stone-cold lead pipe lock. Yes. Is it a stone-cold lead pipe lock that Joe Burrow goes number one in the draft to the Bengals? Stone-cold lead pipe lock. Absolutely positively happening. You know, and people, when you and, and, Golik, and Greenberg used to do that, people thought I got mad that you were stealing my original stone-cold lead pipe locks, which I was doing back in the 80s. But I always thought, oh, of, yeah. it as, I always thought of it as an homage, more than a, we're going to steal it, and nobody's going to know that Tony Bruno is the guy who originated that. Oh, I, I know when we did it a couple of times, I said you used to do it. I mean, I had no problem with that. I mean, my God, listen, not many, 
not many people can say they originated something. You originated that. I mean, but for the most part, as we know, you're in this business long enough. A lot of stuff gets researched. Oh yeah, absolutely. Maybe just named it differently. <laughs> no, you know what? I, I always people always say, "Why aren't you mad?" This guy's saying that. I said, "Listen, everybody's. I'm not going to go trademark stuff and then go after people because they're using shtick that I've done for 30, 40 years. Exactly, exactly man. It's that's what makes this business great. The great exactly Mike Gold. Right. Let's put our hands together. Our first roaring round of applause on the new show <laughs> on Sirius XM. 211, the Dan Patrick Channel. Mike Golick, you will always know. I'm going to have a plaque made. The first guest on the new Tony Bruno show with Harry Mays on Sirius XM 211. That's an honor. I am honored. I am honored to be the first guest. Thank you. Forget about ESPYs. Forget about Emmys. Forget about all the other awards. Does this come with a uh, cash award? No, no cash. This will involve. We'll 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 get trade. Joe Krause will work on some trade deal for you. Dunkin' Donuts. We'll get you Dunkin' Donuts. We'll get you some, uh, maybe some new tires down here when you come back to the Philadelphia area, which you do every once in a while. I like that. Okay. Whatever you need, Mike, we'll hook you up here. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Golick, man. Mike, always great to talk to you, brother. Thanks, Mike. You too, buddy. I'll see you. There he is, the great Mike Golick.